You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. On today's episode, we're talking about dating after divorce. So maybe you're listening to this and you've been going through a divorce for the past few months. Maybe you've been divorced for the past few months. Maybe you're you've been divorced for a couple years now, but you're ready to get back into the dating game. I understand that for guys who are going through or have been through a divorce, getting back in the dating game today can be a little bit more tough uh, for reasons being that the landscape has changed, which I cannot disagree with. What I find most interesting is there seems to be a time, and I've I've never been divorced, uh, but I have been through breakups, so I can relate a little bit for what I'm about to say here, that there's a time in the relationship where the guy just kind of checks out. Okay. So this is not every single divorce I know, but a lot of the guys who come to us for coaching to get help with meeting women and, and being able to have better choice of women. It's interesting that the guys who are going through a divorce usually are guys who are just going through a divorce. Of course, we work with guys over here that have been divorced in the past, but we work with a lot of guys who are kind of going through the divorce or they're about to be divorced. And so I find it interesting that these guys here are so ready to get back out there. And I ask them too, it's like, are, are you ready for this? Is that something you're ready for? And they basically tell me, not in the words that I say, like, oh, I, I'm checked out or I've been checked out, but they say that the relationship has been over for several years at this point, or it's been over for a year, or maybe they've been separated for a while. So even though they're not legally divorced yet, the interaction between him and his soon-to-be ex or ex is just kind of done, right? So I don't know. I find that interesting. Guys are really ready to get back out there. And I don't blame them. I know that I've been in relationships in the past where I've checked out at points too. I've been through relationships where, you know, towards the last three to six months, it was just kind of done, right? Of course, this is a lot different than maybe getting broken up with. You know, when the girl breaks up with you, the woman doesn't want to be with you anymore, wants to divorce you, that can lead to tremendous heartache and not so fast to be able to get back out there. But either way, today, whether you've been through a divorce, going through a divorce, even if you're listening to this and and this divorce has nothing to do with you yet, but you just, you're curious, this is still things that are very similar to people who have been in relationships for several years. I know that I've, I've talked to guys and we work with guys in our coaching program that have been through breakups where they were dating the woman for like 10 years. It was not a marriage. They were dating the girl for five years. It was their high school sweetheart. And yeah, it's not legally the same or maybe as disastrous as a divorce, but it's a pretty intense breakup knowing that you've been with the person for a long time. And now you're back out there and you're going, wow, okay, I'm back in the dating scene. Let's see what this whole thing is about. Now, I just mentioned my coaching program where we do work with a lot of divorcees. We work with guys who are getting out of breakups. Really, any guys who need to 
get back out there and don't want to take their sweet time, we do have a coaching program that helps you not take your sweet time. What I mean is you're going to be working with a one-on-one coach where we're going to be able to push you, hold you accountable to go out and meet women in person. We help you set up your dating profile. And I don't just mean like we help you and assist you. Like we create the profile that we know for you is going to get the very most matches. So that means that you're going to be going on many dates from women that you meet in person and online. We walk you through the whole thing. We hold your hand through it and we make sure that you get results and our guarantees. We work with you until you do. Now, we also have financing options, so I know divorce can be tough, or maybe you're just a guy listening to this and and you don't have the finances to join a coaching program. Well, we do have financing options, and we're working on one. Don't quote me yet on this, but we are very close to to getting it set up in Canada as well. We have it in the U.S., but in Canada, we're going to have a financing program, so that means that we can basically lend you money at a very reasonable interest rate, and you can be paying as low as $150 per month to join this coaching program. It is absolutely incredible. So go to tripadvicecoaching.com and pick a time to talk to the members of my team where we can chat with you and we can see if coaching is a good fit for you. Tripadvicecoaching.com. All right, let's talk about dating after divorce. What are the eight things you need to know? I made a list here in no specific order. Um, You know, it's funny. I always say that in no specific order, but maybe, maybe subconsciously there is an order because obviously the things that I list first might be the most important. However, I have to say it's not an order of importance because sometimes as I think about a topic for a while, all of a sudden I land on the last few tips or the few points that I have to make. And I'm like, oh my God, how did I not think of that? So anyway, in no specific order. Okay. First one is this. So dating has changed due to online dating. That's what you have to know. Okay. The landscape has changed. The landscape has changed in two ways though, in terms of online dating. The obvious one is maybe you've been married for a long time, or maybe you've been in a relationship for a long time and you go, wow, now there's like swiping and there's this whole online thing. Okay. So obviously, duh, that is something that has changed in terms of the landscape. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about the result that has occurred from online dating. It's not just online dating as a new way to meet women, but what has happened is online dating has exaggerated the courtship and mating process for humans. It has exaggerated it. What do I mean? I mean that now because of online dating, you get to meet a lot of people very quickly, right? Obviously. So what does that mean? That means that how it was set up before, it is now exaggerated. How was it set up before? Women always were usually, you know, they're the choosers, right? I heard a great quote once that that women are the gatekeepers of sex and men are the gatekeepers of marriage. So in the very, very beginning of the courtship process, women have a lot more choice And they're the ones who tend to pick more. So naturally, we can go back maybe 40, 50 years ago and and men would court women and ask them out and do the same things that we do today. And so, of course, a woman had lots of options and men had to really work for those options. Today, because of online dating, we see an exaggerated version of this. A woman can go on an online dating app. She can meet a ton of men 
a ton of men because it's online, so it's easier to meet men. So she meets all these men and she has all these options. And so now she becomes even more selective because anyone with more options has what's called the paradox of choice, meaning it's hard to choose when there's so many options. The reason why it's so hard to choose, because that's very counterintuitive, right? You would think like, oh, you have so many options. That way it's easier to choose. You can find the, the right one. There's more options. No, what happens is we get more analytical about the choice we made. Did we make the right choice? There was eight choices here. There was 10 choices here. Uh, Did I pick the right one? I think I did. I don't know. Oh my gosh, which one should I go for? Whereas if you had two choices, right? If I'm, I'm going to a convenience store where there's not a lot of choice of what flavor Gatorade I want. And it's like, okay, it's either this flavor or this flavor, cherry or grape or whatever. And all right, I pick the one I like and that's it. But if there's Now you're in a supermarket and there's 10 choices. It's like, oh, which one do I pick? Which one do I like? Oh, there's a new one here, a new one here. Okay, so you get the idea. So now women have this same issue. Okay, so how is this affecting you? I'm getting to a a grand point here. How this affects you is because women have so much choice and it's harder to choose because they can go online and see all these guys messaging them. They have become more selective. That's what you would do. You would become even more selective. Now, women are more picky naturally because women inherently in their nature do not want to be sleeping with a lot of men and they do not want to be getting impregnated by many men, right? So they want to choose carefully. But now, wow, I can really have a lot of guys. Look at all the matches that I have. So how this has changed the landscape here is you, my friend, are coming into a a world of dating where there's going to be more ghosting. There is going to be more women who are going to be rejecting you. You're going to have to be swiping a lot more. You're going to have to be going out and talking to more women. So because it's exaggerated, you have to work on more volume. Okay. Now I don't want you to get scared here. I know what I'm starting off kind of scary, like, uh, Okay, this sounds really rough, Trip. Wow, like is this is this a lot harder? Um, yes, I'll be honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is harder, but I have solutions. I have solutions here that are going to make it easier for you. And by the way, harder, easier, isn't it all relative? Relative to what it was before. So if you were in the dating game for only a little bit of time and then you were married, well, hell, you don't even know what the dating game is like. So. You can't compare it to anything. So either way, there is solutions for you. But it is good to warn you that now everyone has more options. Now, on the other side of things, you have more options too. And there's pros and cons to that. It's nice that we can sit back and just be on our couch, be lazy, be in bed, looking like crap and using our phones to swipe and meet more women. You know, But you got to be careful too is because you're going to have more options as well. And with a lot of options becomes what happens. You end up being more selective as well. And we don't want you to be too selective because we want you to end up with somebody. 
depending on what you're looking for. Dating after divorce, uh, I, I've worked with all kinds of guys. Like in the coaching program, when guys come to us and they want to get help, I ask them, what are they looking for? Seems to be a 50-50 split, even with guys who are divorced. Half of the guys want to just play around and play the field, have fun. They never dated before. They want to just date for a while. And then eventually they want to get into another relationship. And then the other half of guys are like, no, I'm, I'm ready to find another relationship. I just don't want it to be with... Uh, with my ex-wife and I want it to be with someone that I really want to be with. So either way, um, it's going to take just putting in a little bit more effort into getting more volume and then trying to be selective in the correct way, which we will go into that in, in just a bit here. Okay. So that's the first one. Number two, the idea of attraction hasn't changed. Okay. So there's some good news. Even though the landscape has changed and online dating has, has brought a whole new realm here, attraction hasn't changed. And you should know that. The way that a woman becomes attracted to a man is the same way. And the way that a man attracts, is attracted to a woman is all the same. It's in our nature. We have not evolved that much. Yes, again, I said earlier, women are a little bit more selective today. But the good news is if you understand attraction, if you understand how to attract a woman, then that is not going to be an issue for you. And you'll be able to find great women. I will say this side note here. It does get a little bit dangerous when you go online and you see a lot of these red pill YouTubers and people preaching red pill stuff. And I know I've preached some of that stuff in the past um, and even currently, but you have to remember that all this red pill stuff, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll I'll explain now, is really hyper-focusing on the fact that all these women are just looking for like rich guys, rich, tall guys, and, and all that. And that stuff, even though women may say that, you may see that, you may hear red pill people calling women out on this. I've even called women out on this. It still doesn't change attraction they will still go for a guy who knows how to be the most attractive version of themselves and understands how to pull the attraction triggers when they're talking to a woman. Okay, so attraction hasn't changed. Bottom line, this is the same from when it was 50 years ago, 100 years ago. We have not evolved that fast. Okay, all right, next one. Bars and clubs are not bad. Why do I bring this up? Because I hear a lot of divorced guys, and we'll even say guys who are over 35, say to me, Trip, I want to meet women. I say, great, cool, we can do that. They say, yeah, but I don't want to meet women at the bars, and I don't want to meet women at the clubs. And I say, listen, that's fine. We don't have to focus on that. We don't have to meet women at the bars and clubs if you don't want to. But then I also say this. On the other side, it's not the worst idea to use them as a practice place, okay? So practicing grounds. And the reason why I say that is because you're going to get more volume. There's going to be a overwhelming, in a good way, amount of volume that you can do when you go to a bar or when you go to a club. Now, to be more specific, I'm not necessarily going to send a lot of guys who are over 35 to a raging club unless they want to. Of course, if they want to, that's totally fine. However, the bars, you know, where they're 
a little a little bit more age friendly in the sense where there's a lot of bars you can go to where guys are there of all ages. Maybe if you're like 45, you might stick out more at a club. Depends. If you get a table, then not at all. Um, but there's just so many women that you can be talking to there. So while I'm not going to say you have to do it, you have to be going to bars and clubs. It's a it's, it is a it is a deal breaker. It's not but I want you to give it an open mind. I want you to even try it because going to these places, maybe you're not going to find your next girlfriend there. Maybe you're not going to find, uh, you know, the love of your life, but you might, but also you're going to be able to practice the approach. You're going to be able to talk to a lot of women. You're going to be able to talk to more women in 30 minutes than you would probably anywhere because these are social events and social events have a lot of people, whereas the other form of meeting women in person besides bars and clubs is going to be, you know, what they call day game, like going out and meeting women during the day in touristy spots and shopping areas, at the grocery store, at the cafe, coffee shop, things like that. And that's great. That's what you're going to do. Also, it's just your volume is going to be low. There's going to be way more women that you can meet out and about. So what I would say to you as a guy who's divorced, who might be against the bars and the clubs, is try it once. And if you absolutely can't stand it and just like, I can't be here, this is ridiculous, then that's fine. But it might change your mind when you go there and you realize, okay, there's some people here I can talk to. And there's bars, by the way, that you can go to that are not necessarily filled with 21-year-olds if you're not interested in that. If you're interested in a more mature woman who's maybe in her late 20s or 30s, there's lounges, there's more upscale places. Of course, this all depends on where you live. The bigger the city, the more options you're going to have. But that's something that you should be at least entertaining the idea of to start. Again, this is bars and clubs are not so bad. And I'm saying this because that's like the first thing I hear when I'm talking to um, divorce guys. I also, I, I did an interview with a guy named Destiny and uh, he's a massive YouTuber, been around for a long time. And, and you know, off of the interview, we, we were talking about approaching women. And he said to me the same thing. He's like, I just, he's not divorced. He's actually married. He's in an open relationship. He's like, he's like, I might want to try going to bars and clubs, but I don't know. I stay away from them because there's just a lot of like drunk idiots. Again, totally get it. That's the same thing that I hear from divorced people. Because you just think, okay, I'm just going to this rowdy place. But here's something I told him and here's something I'm going to tell you. You have to remember, these places are not just filled with a bunch of drunk idiots. Yes, there are many there. But every woman, sometime in her life, has gone out to a bar. I understand you don't want to be with a woman who is goes out every weekend and rages. I would not want you to be with a woman who goes out and parties every single weekend. Uh, probably not the best lifestyle, right? A little bit of a, a lot of bit of a red flag there. But every woman has gone. Every woman has been dragged out by her friends to go with. Every, I don't know, there's women who every three to six months or so say, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll have a girl's night and go out with the girls and whatever. And these are great women. These are great women that you can be with. And they're not these drunk club rat, crazy girls that are going out all the time. There are women there that go out once in a while. So you could absolutely do the same thing and be able to meet that woman that night. You just don't know. 
So let's not just assume that these places are only filled with women who are complete trash. Just not the truth. Next, this is a big one. You're not unattractive because you have kids and have a divorce. You're not unattractive if you have kids and have a divorce. Why? Because women, although you might hear them say, and that they've said that they'd maybe not rather be with a guy who has is divorced or has kids. They might say that just like they might say, I want to be with a guy who's over six feet. I want to be with a guy who's super rich. These are things women say, but it doesn't mean that's the decisions that they're making. Women will absolutely fall crazy in love, head over heels, with a guy who has kids and has a divorce because attraction is not logical. Attraction is not a choice. So if you know how to pull the attraction triggers, like I was saying earlier, right? If you know how to be an attractive man, women will backwards rationalize why they should be with you. It's not logical. I'm sure and there's exceptions. Someone somewhere, a woman said, as much as I like this guy, I can't be with him for X, Y, and Z. But that's really, really hard. You got to be super, uh, how do I say, like stringent, like super dedicated to the person you're going to find to be able to overcome the emotional aspect, right? I mean, let's take you for example. Maybe you went through a divorce and you look back and you go, man, there were so many red flags. I should have known it. I should have, you know, maybe you regret it. I should have never married this person. I should have never been in a relationship with this person. But what happened? You weren't thinking logical. You were thinking more in the emotional aspect. She's beautiful. She's fun. She makes me feel good. I don't know. She's super attractive, right? Good in bed, all those things like That was your emotional reptilian brain taking over. You weren't thinking so logical. Obviously, we would like to think logical, but my point here is that women won't necessarily be thinking like that. So it's not necessarily going to be this scarlet letter with a big D, right? Divorced. Kids. Don't worry about that. Also, It's like what I say to guys who are not from America or guys who are short, you know, things that you can't change, right? I get a lot of guys who, who say to me, you know, I'm five, seven, I'm never going to get a girl. I'm five, two, whatever, you know, I'm black, I'm Asian, I'm Middle Eastern, I'm this, I'm that, whatever. How am I going to get a woman in America? Let's not focus on things that we can't change. We can't change it. This is who you are. This is your past. This is your ethnicity. This is your height. This is the amount of hair you have on your head, right? Let's focus on things we can change. Well, what can we change? We can change our attractiveness levels, how we look, our style. We can change how we behave in front of women. We can change understanding attraction. Focus on things you can change, not things you can't. You're wasting your time. You're just delaying your process here to be able to go out and and start meeting women. So don't worry about that. 
you're not unattractive because you have kids and have a divorce. It's not that big of a deal as you may think. Also, don't forget, there's a lot of women out there who also have been divorced and have kids. And a lot of those women are going to be even more understanding than an average woman because they've gone through it. So, okay. With this next tip here is you don't need to tell the dates that you're divorced or have kids yet. Okay. When you're on the first date, you do not need to be like puking out. I have three kids and I'm divorced. I know that sounds like, wait a minute trip. Is this like, are we lying here? No, we're not lying. If she asks you, which she might, you're going to tell the truth. We just don't want that to be the thing that necessarily defines you. That's something I'd rather you bring up on a second date. Once she's already gotten to know you, once you've already built some attraction. And on top of this, we are not going to confess kids and a divorce. Kids and divorce is not a confession. Because what happens when you confess something? Let's role play right now. Okay, let's pretend I'm a friend. I'm coming to you and I say, hey, Bill, sit down. I need to tell you something. I have a confession. What are you feeling right there and then? You go, oh, wow, confession. Something's wrong. He did something wrong, something negative. I'm getting ready to feel not so good about what's coming next. So what's the opposite of this? The opposite is coming into this with very positive energy and excitement. Not a confession, just telling things about your life. I know they're big things, but we want to treat it like it's just part of your life, right? So you are Stan. Here's where you work. Here are the things you like to do for fun. Here's your hobbies and passions. You also have kids. You also have a divorce. This is who you are. This is what you like. This is it. Okay? We're not confessing anything. So what I mean is when you're on the second date or maybe on the first date and she asks you, you're not going to be like, yeah, no, I'm not really proud of it, but I've, uh, I've been through a divorce, um, twice divorced, and uh, it was an ugly divorce too. I, I don't even like thinking about it. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I, I should tell you, I do have kids. I know women don't really like that, but I do. No. No. Instead, it's, well, first of all, we're not going to be excited about a divorce. We're not going to say, yeah, I've been divorced. It was awesome. Da, 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 da. But you're going to be cool with it. It's going to be more neutral. Like, yeah, I got divorced um, about six months ago. Yeah, it was tough, but you know what? All is well. Or maybe it wasn't tough, right? You can say like, yeah, actually, I thought it'd be really tough, but we got through it just fine and, and all is well and all is good. Oh yeah, and I have two amazing kids. I have two amazing kids. Their names are you know Carla and Joey. And I just love the hell out of them. In fact, you want to see a picture? Oh, they're so cute. Check these out. You're excited about it. It's not a confession. It's not something that you're not proud of. It's not something that you're trying to hide. It may seem that way because you're not bringing it up on the first date. Oh, well. 
So you tell, tell her on the second date, big whoop. At least that gives you a little bit of time to be able to have her get to know you and not associate you with, oh, this guy is divorced and kids. Because let's be honest anyways, why should that matter? If you're going to be an amazing partner for her, if you're going to be an amazing person to her, then who cares? In fact, if I were a dating coach for women and I was talking to a woman and she wanted to find a great guy and she told me a super long list with all these things that she was looking for. And I would say, hmm, how long you've been single? And she goes, oh, I've been single for the past two years. I would say, well, your list is too long. What's on your list? And she'd say, okay, da, 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 da. Um, never been divorced, doesn't have kids. I'd say, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? What are you doing? Who, who cares? Who cares? Listen, you're not 25 anymore. You don't have all of this choice. You're over 30. So you might find an amazing guy. This could be you, by the way. You might find an amazing guy who happens to have kids, who has been divorced, and he's going to be an incredible partner to you. Why would you let that guy go? For what reason? Give me the reason why. What, because there's baggage there? Okay, I don't know. We all have baggage. Because what? Because his ex-wife is in the picture? This is my point, is I'd be telling women not to worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. Don't let it completely define you, okay? Next, try not, so let's go, let's circle back to what we're talking about with the online dating. Let's try not to get overwhelmed by the apps, okay? They're not that hard to learn. I know that it's crazy, but you know how to use technology, but it seems wild. Holy crap, there's a lot of women here. I'm swiping through a lot. Wait, you're telling me I got to get on three apps. I got to learn three new apps. Don't worry, man. You'll do this one at a time. This is not that big of a deal. I'm not saying that most guys have this, but I've heard it quite a bit. And also, it's more about having the strategy in place. So you'll learn the apps. You'll learn what to do. You'll get a strategy. The strategy I teach over here at TripAdvice and then the TripAdvice Coaching Accelerator Program is making sure you're just getting a lot of volume, right? So you're swiping and you're filtering for women who have a high level of interest. And we're not only going to have you do apps, right? You need to be going out and meeting women in person too. So you're only going to be on the apps like an hour a day or less. And I know that sounds like a lot, but it adds up, right? You're checking in the morning. Okay. You're at work. You get a bunch of notifications. All of a sudden you're chatting there and, and it's happening throughout the day. Make it easier on yourself. Batch this task. Do this later in the day when you come home from work or maybe right in the morning when you're just kind of waking up. Do it for like an hour. Do your swiping and messaging. Turn off notifications. Don't worry about it for the rest of the day until the next day where you can go back in. Do the same thing. Set up some dates. If you get a bunch of dates, stop swiping for a bit. Go on these dates. Take a break. Come back to it. And then a couple times per week, you're going out, having you talk to women in person. Maybe it's a bar, like we said earlier. Maybe you're just going out during the day to some places where women are walking around and you're just crushing it and you're getting a lot of volume. That's it. At first, it's going to be overwhelming. Everything's overwhelming when we first start because we don't know what to do. But we start off small, we take baby steps and we build and build and build and build and build. And plus, I shouldn't have to convince you of that. I'm sure that's what you're going to want to do anyways. 
because you're probably excited to get back out there, right? Next, not all women are like your ex. We're talking about, right, the eight things that you need to know after divorce. Not all women are like your ex. I think you already know that. I might be speaking to the minority here. So that's okay. It's still really important. I'm not saying your ex was terrible, but for a lot of you out there, you do think your ex was terrible. That's why you guys got a divorce. Maybe it wasn't a pretty divorce. Uh, You never want to speak to her again. Not all women are like that. You're coming back in the dating game. There's a lot of women out there who are amazing women. Right now, we have information at the tips of our fingers because of the internet. We have coaches available to us. We have information that that can help us be better people. There are women who are getting access to that information and they're becoming better people. I have a friend. He's a dating coach for women. Shout out to Jonathan Asley, popular YouTuber, dating coach for uh, women in their midlife and older. So, you know, like 35 and older. And I watched his live the other day. And he had these women come on and ask him questions. And I never saw this before. And I just thought this was, it was so like sweet. There was something so innocent about it. I don't know what it is. I got a soft, I'm a coach. So I have a soft side for people who just say, hey, I just need help. I'm just getting some, I need some advice. And even people brave enough to go, I'm going to come on on your YouTube live and show my face. So there's like a soft spot there. Hearing these women go, here are my problems. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to learn from it. And him giving advice and him trying to teach them, hey, let's not play victim mindset and then going along with it, which is great. So my point here is, is there are women out there who are doing their darndest to become better people. Maybe that's not your ex. Maybe it is, but in this case, I'm, I'm talking to you guys who really have bad feelings about their ex, which maybe dribble into their thoughts about women in general. And I'm letting you know, there's great women out there. You just need to find them. How do we do that? Well, I told you just a couple minutes ago, right? Through volume. So I said my piece there. Next, don't fall. See, this is, this is a big one. And this is not first. Like I said earlier, I know I, I, I said in no important order. This one's very important and it's last. Don't fall for your first girl after a divorce. I have seen it be successful. I've seen it where guys have, have met women after the divorce and it turned out great. I know that's like, Trip, why are you saying that? You're saying now not to do it because I think that's an exception. It's very easy for us to fall into the trap of falling for the first woman. It is. Again, it happens. People are successful at it. I have a client, if you're listening uh, and or watching, um, we did get you a girlfriend as one of the first girlfriends after your divorce. I think that we got a little bit lucky in the sense where we found someone who is a a great match. But for all the other guys out there, you're going to fall pretty fast because 
you're, you, it's almost like you haven't gone through those emotions or motions in meeting women. So it's almost like your brain has not gone through these love chemicals in a very long time because you've gotten out of this relationship. So I feel like it's on hyper mode when you haven't been dating for a while and all of a sudden there's all these girls you're meeting. You get so excited about it. You meet a girl who's very, very opposite of your ex-wife and you get so excited about her only because you're just comparing her to your ex. And all of a sudden you're in super infatuation love mode. Be careful. This is where you might not be thinking logical and you're thinking more emotional. Be super careful what you do here because this might be just the rebound situation. In fact, I'm guilty of this. I've definitely fallen hard for women who I've dated first after a relationship. That's why I made sure in the last girl that I broke up with, I left a lot of time before I met the next woman. And I even got myself into the mindset of, hey, let's not just fall in love with the next girl who's the opposite of your ex. Let's focus here and make sure we're looking at the correct red flags, yellow flags, flags, green flags to know that this is going to be the right woman and not someone we're just excited about because we haven't been dating in a long time. Okay. Why is this a problem? Because like I said, you might be in a situation where you fall for the wrong woman and then, oh boy, we're back to another potential breakup, maybe even another potential divorce. We don't want that at all. I have got, I hope this helped here. I have guys who email in their questions trip at tripadvice.com. Email me with the subject line podcast question, and I will answer your question here on the podcast, which I'm going to do right now. And I really love these questions too. I love to challenge myself and answer all kinds of questions that I might not answer on a normal basis. So if you have any question about anything that's going on with you specifically, email me. I'm happy to answer. And as always, for any of you who are going through a divorce, have been divorced, need more help with meeting women, we have a coaching program. It's called the Trip Advice Accelerator Coaching Program because it's meant to accelerate your dating life. It's meant to put gasoline on the fire because you have a coach holding your hand the whole way through to meet women online and in person. Make sure you don't make the mistakes that I talked about here and make sure you get through this process faster. So you don't have to do it all by yourself. So if you value time and people who are successful in anything value time, then consider getting a coach. Go to tripadvicecoaching.com. We'll talk to you all about how it works. Okay. This question is from Bezad. Okay. Hi, Trip. I love your podcast, man. I have a brief introduction about myself. I'm a doctor who immigrated to the U.S. and continuing my study for medical residency. I'm here less than two years. I'm a music producer, singer, and a painter, but none of them helped me since I got here. 
Interesting. He says, I've been successful in my dating life when I used to live in my home country because I know my environment. I could talk about different things. I could keep conversation fluent, entertain women, and feel comfortable to make connections with people. Since I came here, game changed. I can't start a conversation, can't keep a conversation fluently. I can't say a joke, can't talk about places, can't talk about common memories because I don't have anything in common with people who grew up here. So my problem is not just dating. It's about not knowing enough information about the society. I'm looking for help to be like a normal guy here. I would appreciate if you could help me. Best, Bizad. Bizad, this is a great question. Okay, there's so many, gosh, there's so many ways to go about this. I'm trying to wrap around where we begin. Well, Bizad, yeah, you're, you're, you're very new here. Two years is, is not a lot, but that doesn't mean that it's not possible for you. So here's what has to happen. Because you are new here, I mean, this is what I would do, okay? Like, this is what I would do. I'm an American. If I were to move to another country, I would have the same issue as you. So what would I do? I would put my social life on hyper mode, Okay, hyper mode. Why hyper mode? Because you need to start creating more memories. You need to start creating more connections. You need to talk to more people, learn more things, do more things in this country. I know that this is not the easy answer. Of course, everyone wants simple answers. Well, it is simple, but it's hard in practice to spend a lot of time doing things when you're a doctor and you're probably very busy, but in order to get you to the point where conversation becomes a little bit easier, becomes more fluent, you have more in common with some of these people, you understand the culture because it's not just about, oh, in five years, you'll have more memories and more things to talk about. It's more so just understanding the culture that you're in and spending more time around these people. And that's not just inside of work. It needs to be outside of work as well. So if I were you, I would be spending as many days and as many nights as possible going to meetup groups, meeting with people, socializing with people at any networking event that you can, going out to bars, talking with people, creating a social circle, making friends with people, utilizing some of the things that you know. If you're a music producer, you're a singer and a painter, I'm sure that there are groups of people who are doing this. You can go on Facebook and find people in your community where you live doing things that you're interested in, meeting up with people, messaging people. Hell, you can even go on Instagram and you can DM people and search people who are doing things that you're interested in, meeting up, collecting numbers, inviting people out, doing social events. Um, I have a, a I have a great video on YouTube. It's actually on the podcast as well. It's called Why I Stopped Meeting Women Through Social Circle, which is a little, I know that title sounds a little counterintuitive to hear, but you'll understand more about that. And plus I do talk about social circle in that video and podcast. So listen to that. You'll learn about more about how to meet people there. Obviously I could go into that, but I mean, there's like a 40 minute episode where you're just going to learn a lot more there than me just trying to give you only the cliff notes. But so it says here that it's not just your problem with dating. It's just about everything in general. You're going to be just being real with you, man. You're swimming 
or rowing upstream. That is the truth. It's going to be playing life and dating a little bit on hard mode, just like it would be for anyone who's going to be going to a new country. But the more you spend time around people, the more fluent you're going to get in your English, the more you're going to understand the slang and how people talk. If I were you, I would even try to do a lot of listening so you can understand people more, so you can understand how they hold conversations here in America, the things that they talk about, so that you can really take all of that data and you can utilize that for when you're talking to people. So I guess my answer here is you got to 10x your experiences and as hard as it may be, I know that you're trying to do a lot of work here and well, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know why I'm always assuming, but I'm trying to assume the worst case. So at least I can help everyone here, assuming that you're a very busy person. Maybe you're not that busy. Maybe you have a ton of time on your hands. Great. Don't sit at home. Don't be scrolling through social media unless you're utilizing it for something where you're going to meet people in person. And it's going to be hard in the beginning, but as a foreigner, if you're positive, if you're nice, if you're open-minded, people are going to be nice to you and welcome you with open arms. Bizarre, I really encourage you to go to tripadvicecoaching.com. I don't say this to everyone who messages in. It always depends on your situation, but we could help you do this. This is one of the more perfect situations where we can help you put this on overdrive. So we hold you accountable to be going out, talking to more people and spending more time around people. So I would also, by the way, here's another thing with online dating, get on an online dating app, get professional pictures done so you can have the best online dating app possible and go on as many dates as possible without worrying what's going to happen. And yes, even go on dates with women that you're not that attracted to. Why? Because this gives you another reason to get in front of the culture and meet people who are from where you're from. So any single opportunity you can, push yourself. Get out there. I hope that helps. All right, next question. Hello, my name is Nathan. I listen to your podcast all the time and I appreciate everything you do. Thanks, Nathan. My situation is, due to a bad car wreck, my two front teeth are broken in half. So now I am really self-conscious about it, especially when it comes to cold approach. How can I get over it? Or should I just avoid approaching women until I see a dentist and get my teeth fixed? Great question. Um, I'm glad that you're getting your teeth fixed. That should be the obvious answer here. I don't know how long it's going to take you. What, what I think you need to be focusing on the most right now is getting into the dentist as soon as possible. So I don't know how long it's going to take you, but if it's something where like you're not going to the dentist yet because it's a money issue, then you need to work on another tip about going in hyperdrive. You need to go in hyperdrive to make more money. <laughs> you need to save more. Probably the, the, the fastest thing is going to be saving money from the money that you're already making, but also doing a gig economy where you can get into something fast, deliver for DoorDash, do Uber, 
Get money into your life faster to get this handled faster. That's tip one. Next, absolutely approach. Why? Because even though you might get rejected because you're going to have two broken, two front teeth, it is going to humble you. It is going to make you so much stronger when you get out there and finally do approach when you have that full confidence back. You'd also be surprised. You might end up actually going out, approaching women and getting a date. You might get a date thinking that you would never get that because you've two broken front teeth. But a girl might actually be like, all right, he's getting them fixed. He's also pretty charismatic, also kind of cute. Why not? I'll just do it. And that's going to completely blow your mind because you're going to be like, wow, I never even thought that was possible. But even if it doesn't happen, you're approaching on what I call hard mode. And because you're approaching on hard mode, it's going to be 30 times easier when you're doing it again. I'm repeating myself when you finally have your front teeth. So yeah, man, go out there, do it. You, you ask the question, how can I get over it? You get over it by doing it, by letting go of the outcome, knowing, hey, I'm going to be going out there doing approaches and it might not result in anything. And I might be a little bit embarrassed, but you're going to be so proud of yourself that you did. Self-esteem is built from the promises that we make to ourselves, And so if you go out there and do the approaches, even though you might get rejected, you're going to feel better about yourself. And you know, in the back of your head, you're going to be fixing this at the dentist anyways. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question. I'm here to answer your questions. I really hope that this helped today. I hope that anyone who's going through a divorce is more motivated and encouraged to get back out there. And I hope that you are feeling a little bit more uh, encouraged and feel like it, it might be a little bit easier now that you heard some of my thoughts on what to know dating after divorce. Like this, if you're watching it on YouTube, leave a comment below. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, go ahead and leave a review on Apple. If you're listening on Apple, I don't know. There's also Spotify as well, if this has helped you. And of course, more help is here for you. Go to tripadvicecoaching.com. And there we can talk about how we can get you back in the dating game ASAP.